just start the goddamn show. So, for our listeners out there, this is The Void, a show dedicated to helping you transition from employee to self-employed. Lord, give me help. Yeah. Give me guidance. A lot of transitioning going on lately, so... Transitory, (laughs) just like Biden. Yeah. Yeah, we're not in a... uh, It's temporary, guys. it's, It's a transitional market fluctuation. It's not a recession. We're momentarily falling on our faces right. for months and months and months. Your bank account's not negative. It's just in a transitionary period <laughs> from being kind of negative to really negative. The, the economy is so well that even the economy is transitioning. <laughs> negative, negative $100 is actually positive $100. Yeah. Don't worry. We're moving the bar. Please. You're just fine. You know Please how we're going to fix it? More cash. Yeah. Please forget that you've been paying... 350 extra for gas for the last while like i just saved you 50 cents no you're still costing oh. me three i love when they come out and they're just like well guys that's just you're gonna have to this is the cost of things getting better you're just gonna have to yeah you know, know the best part is oh the president doesn't have anything to do with the gas prices oh gas went down 50 cents i did that yeah, yeah. Wait, what do you mean? historic you just said, measures you yeah. just said fucking last week that the president can't control gas prices so which fucking is it yeah mm-hmm. and how stupid are the people that are listening to you like yeah, the ones dumb. that are believing it oh, right God, they're dumb you know this is not a beyond the void show no you're right it's not so what are we talking about today today regular regular business shit business show what are we talking I can already about? tell the next Beyond the Void show we're going to record. It's going to be pretty hot and heavy, so... Nah. Nah. I'll be asleep. I'm okay. drunk and asleep by then. <laughs> yeah, Dave, it's a we've slump. Been, we've been doing prep for an hour and a half on this show. I know. We get excited. So, today's show, Which we are going to talk about the relationships that you have in business and how they will change and evolve as you work through business. So, the relationships that you have uh, when you start your business <laughs> won't... They, they won't likely be the same relationships that you have in year two or year three or year four or at, at different growth levels of your business. And we're going to talk about how very much okay that is. So, um, wow. How okay. Well, a lot of people, so a lot of people want to hold on to those relationships because they think it's quote unquote loyalty. Well, that's right? because people get used to the status quo and they don't want to th- see things change. Yeah, and it's easy to stay yeah. where you are, right? Well, so it's, it's easy at the end of the year because you've already done it once. Can be, yeah. yeah. Right. That's why. So um, it's a I bitch am. to switch guys. Right. No matter what you're doing. Right. I am working through a change in our company, several changes that have to do with our growth and our different mm-hmm. positionings that we're pursuing in the market and everything else. And so it's taking me. Uh, the the efforts to make changes in who we're using for our marketing and our search engine optimization stuff and also our accounting. And if you've listened to this show at all or listened to the first episodes, I very much bragged about how much I love my accountant and I still like the guy. Um, I'm not having any issues with him on the personal side of things, but we're wanting to do some things in business that um, that are just not in alignment with how he likes to do his stuff. And so, um, some of that has to do with the timing and the speed at which we want to do business. And other of it has to do with what we do with our profit and how we reduce our relationship with uncle Sam as much as possible. So, um, it's causing us to make the realization that, Hey, it's probably time for us to look for a different accountant. 
And um, as as we were talking about this in show prep, Dave was. Kinda... Well, let's, well, let's talk about it. You tell me what, or let's go back over what you told me when I said I said, well, what has happened? Yeah. Yeah. Go, so you tell me what happened last Christmas again. Yep. And we'll we'll start over. So we uh, <clears throat> we threw all of our guys a Christmas party last year, um, as most every company does. And in that Christmas party, we rented a limo for everybody so nobody would drink and drive. It was more like a party bus than it was a limo. And um, we got reservations at a really fine restaurant downtown um, and, and, you know, invited everybody and their spouse. Um, We bought all the spouse's gifts. Uh, So if you were an employee that worked here, your spouse got a gift from us. And then um, we got everybody... Uh, tickets to the Trans-Siberian Orchestra concert. And so our accountant, uh, when he saw all of these receipts and everything coming in, um, he made us do some things that we didn't agree with with those. Did you ask him before? No. What you were supposed to do? Gosh, no. Why? Lesson one. (laughs) If you're first into business and you're not sure what kind of party you can have or what kind of catering can be at the first business meeting right. or whatever ask your accountant well rule ask, number 1 i mean ultimately you don't you never ever want your accountant guiding your business uh, any business that's guided by an accountant will most likely fail and fail pretty quick and the reason why is because accountants work off the past and accountants work off of fear and so yeah but if you don't know that hey, this is a deduction, and you think that everything you're doing is a deduction, and you don't say anything, and you don't have communication with him, right? And then it comes to the end of the year, and you realize you owe an extra ten thousand dollars. That's a problem. It is. It is a problem. It, now you can it, dictate to them in the conversation yeah. what you're going to do, but if you don't have a clue, yeah, you need to be asking. Yeah, and or so ask your other business guys that you talk to. Yeah, you know, other guys in your. Um, in your circle of trust, per se, right? That have been in business for yeah a handful of years. And so, so ultimately, what had happened at this Christmas party is, under the guidance of our accountant, we were told that we had to put the value of the pair of tickets that went to each employee for them and their spouse. We had to put the value of those tickets, and we had to put the value of the gifts that we bought their spouse onto their check as W-2 earnings. And so essentially our employees ended up having to pay income tax on their own Christmas party. They had to pay income tax on the the concert ticket price and the, um, and the gifts that we got the spouse. And so at the, at the time all of this came up, it was, uh, it was under the direction of our accountant that is, this is, there's no wiggle room on this. This is not subject to change. And so I went and and got cash out of the bank of my own personal bank account and basically reimbursed all of our employees the amount of sales tax that they had to pay on their own Christmas party. Because yeah. I'll be damned, like, can you imagine if you're, essentially it was like 1099ing our employees for, they're, they're employees. Yeah. But it was like 1099ing them for, for yeah. their own Christmas party. Like, I had never heard of anything like that before. 
but yet I was assured that every business has to do it this way. And I'm like, no. that didn't sound right. That was the first issue that we ran into where it started kind of making us wonder if we're doing things with this accountant, like if, if this is going to keep going, right? So then um, a couple of months later, we got everybody really, really, really good health insurance. And our rule in our company, if you work for us, we pay for the employee's health insurance in full at 100%, or we give you a $1,000 credit towards insurance, whichever is more. And so if you are a young, healthy guy, much like Austin, our videographer, if you are a young, healthy guy, quote unquote healthy, yeah. <laughs> I'm a little chubby guy. He's, he's healthy because he's young. He's healthy because he's young, right? <laughs> he's got 10 pounds of raising canes in my stomach right now. <laughs> so if you're a young, healthy guy, your premiums cost less than a thousand. And so you end up with some extra that you can use towards your spouse or towards extra insurance. If you want it like, our, our policy covers the medical, but if you want dental and vision, which is freaking dirt cheap, you can add that. You can do other things with it, right? Um, I've got some other guys where their premium alone is like twelve or fourteen hundred bucks a month, and so we're just paying their premium. You got and some big boys. I got some big boys, and I got some. I got one guy over fifty, so that <laughs> got it, some smokers. It, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, some smoke. Uh, some meaning all of them. But, All your guys smoke? Yeah. yeah. One of them's been quitting for a year and a half. Oh, so. that's, a, that's a Bobby. Yeah. Like so. every four months, oh, I'm quitting smoking. Yeah. What? Okay. Well, okay. But three weeks when you're back on it, call me. <laughs> at, at 50, it doesn't really matter how healthy you are. Your insurance just goes up at 50 because yeah. you're just, it is what it is, right? Yeah. So um, anyway, our rule in the company is if you are an employee of the company, you get the $1,000 credit or your insurance paid in full, whichever is more, right? Well, all cool for everybody in the company, but our accountant had an issue with mine and my wife's insurance. I'm an employee of our company. I take a paycheck. My wife's an employee of our company. She takes a paycheck. He said that because we're in the same household, we can only get one $1,000 credit from the company towards our insurance. That's not right. Right. Absolutely. I, mean, I know that. And so, um, you know, I told him, no, uh, like we wrote as the company, we get to write the rule. Right. So we wrote the rule for it. And the rule does not talk about household. It doesn't talk about family. It is one thousand dollars or your medical premiums covered in full, whichever is more for every employee of the company. And so we're on a group plan and my wife and I are under the same family household. Well, she gets her $1,000 credit. I get my $1,000 credit. And we apply it to our household insurance, right? Yeah. And this is, at this moment, he was saying that, no, it can't happen. You only get one $1,000 credit, and it just is what it is. And he he was bringing up some rules about how um, you in, in this type of topic, you can't discriminate uh, against your employees. And what that means is the company can't pay for my insurance in full because I own the company. Like, whatever rule we set, it has to be the same for employees versus me. So, which which is fine and admirable. Um, and and if if the company Ad, does... Admirable doesn't mean law either. Right. Um, That's like trying to say, oh, that guy could should go to jail because he's a bad guy. Yeah. No, right. you have to prove he's a bad guy. You right. have to prove he broke the law. Well, if you do discriminate 
then I have to record the cost of the, the insurance the company is paying for me. I have to record that as income, and then I have to pay tax on that, right? So we chose the option of not discriminating and keeping the same rules for everybody. It is what it is, and that's fine. However, it, this was a hill I was willing to die on, and those were the exact words I used in the email back to him whenever he said, no, it can't happen. You can only get a $1,000 credit. And I said, bullshit. I own the company. I'm taking all the risk. My wife works in the company. We yeah. both we both take paychecks in the company based off of the rule that we wrote. We're not breaking any rule. And I'll be damned if I have to pay $1,000 more a month for insurance than all of my employees do simply because I own the company. Yeah. There's not an IRS auditor out there that would disagree with that. Like, if anything, that's discrimination against the owner. It's making the owner pay more. Yeah. And let's be honest. The accountant works for you. Yeah. Okay. He work when when someone that works for you is telling you or dictating to you how you will do. I I mean, let's be honest. In small business, everybody jokes around. You know, everybody busts your balls for. Oh no, y'all, Mitch is doing this. Right. That's not the same thing. Right. 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 When someone is telling you no, you can't do this, that's automatically a warning flag. It is. Now, is this is it a reason to fire someone right off the bat? No. Yeah. Okay. You got to hear them out. But now that flag is up, and every time they say something, you're evaluating their process. Yeah. So the first flag was Christmas. Mm-hmm. A few months later, now it's health insurance. Right. 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 And and ultimately, um, we're continuing to to not discriminate, and we're continuing to treat everything from the standpoint of every employee gets a thousand dollar credit, right? And there's there's no way I've never been through an IRS audit, but I can't imagine there's any IRS auditor out there that would say no, no, because you own a company and your wife works here, you have to pay more. Like, it just doesn't make sense, right? No. It's, it's not like we're asking for free insurance. It's not like we're asking for the company to contribute more than $1,000. It's no. it's literally $1,000 per employee, right? Yeah, so, if you're an employee and they're all being paid the same, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And to be honest, even if you said, hey, as owners of the company, we're willing to pay this, yeah. and it insurance is a tax deduction. Yes. Okay, the tax yeah, it deduction, absolutely is. The tax deduction law per employee per owner, or if you're a corporation and you're paying yourself as an employee, everyone gets treated the same no matter what. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the law is the law. The IRS can't change that. You as a business owner can't change that. Your accountant can't change that. It's just what the law is. And we were talking about this earlier, you know, because I was – I don't berate Mitch, but I try to get the truth out of him when I'm asking him questions and trying to see how he really feels about things. Um you have to do your due diligence with your accountant and that's what you're doing yeah. right you're trying to you know get him to do what you want to do that's within the law yeah but like you were saying all accountants view the law differently well and and so some accountants um and, and ultimately this is this is going to be like the actual issue that makes us change accountants is some accountants operate from a fear-based position. And so they're constantly operating from the standpoint of what is less likely to get us in trouble, right? Other accountants use their knowledge of tax law to guide you and coach you into what you should do to avoid 
paying as much tax as possible legally, right? And so, and that's why we have the laws, uh, right? You have to work. You have within, to work within the law, right? Within the law, and yeah. do what's best for you, and try to dictate the laws, yeah, best you can. And so, um, we we've just had several instances where we have asked our our accountants for advice on how we should do things. And sometimes it's been like the answer we get is almost like a regurgitation of the tax code with no real advice on what we should do. And so um, I'm finding that there are many other accountants out there that are very proactive that will dive into your books. And they've got like a a bank of of four or five standard things that every small business should be doing. And that's just the surface level stuff. And then they'll dive even further. Um, one of those, just to give you guys something to, to kind of chew on, um, one of those rules is it's called the Augusto rule. And um, if you if you want to look it up, feel free. But basically, um, the, the Augusta golf course Augusta, Georgia. Uh, Augusta, Augusta, Georgia. That's where, where the Masters, ma- where the is, Masters played. is played. Yep. Um, there are people down there that will rent their homes out for a couple of weeks around the Masters, and there are there are people. <laughs> it's my raising canes drink, guys. Sorry. <laughs> Turn your mic off, Austin. Um, there I miss are. Marcus. <laughs> oh, low blow. Got to my, my French fries from. Yeah. Chick- uh, Sorry, Augusta, Georgia. So people are renting out their houses. There, there, there became a tax loop where you could rent your house out for two weeks a year, and not have to claim that as revenue personally on a 1099 or anything else. And so, what will happen if you own a business? You can also take advantage of the Augusta rule, and you can hold board meetings of your company in your home and basically rent your home out for two weeks a year, 14 days a year, and that's money that can leave your bank, your business bank account, and into your personal bank account and not have to pay tax on that money. Now, you have to be honest with it. You have to be transparent. You actually have to hold the meetings. You have to have meeting notes and times and dates and all who's in attendance and what was talked about. And Yeah, you and, actually have to do it. Yeah, you actually you actually have to do it, right? Um, but basically, if your accountant is bringing up topics like that, they're probably fairly aggressive at minimizing your relationship with the government, right? Um, some other things where they can talk about, they'll bring up topics about like you, if you have children, you can employ your children. Um, yeah. and there really is no age limit on that. And, and, uh, so they'll, uh, an aggressive accountant will guide you through what you have to do to employ your children. Um, and well, you can't be paying them a hundred grand a year. No, no, there's you know. limits. Yeah. There's limits. So, it's like $14,500 per kid per year is the maximum they can make. And it's tax-free income from the children. Or for the children, yeah, and and so on. So it has to be in an account in their name. Yeah, there, there's a lot of rules. Yeah, and so again, if you have an accountant that's bringing things like that up, then that's also a pretty good sign, right? Um, and then um, other other things, to, signs to look for that for a good aggressive accountant is if you're an LLC or an S corp, um, you can take what they consider a reasonable salary. And then the rest of your income can be made up of from disbursements from the company. And disbursements are taxed at a dramatically lower rate 
than what your salaried income is taxed well, at. Well, isn't – let me ask you. I don't remember. Is Disbursements, you don't have to pay Social Security tax on. Right. You don't have to pay uh, – there's a couple of other things. Basically, it's just on – the federal income tax on it. I'm not even sure if there's state tax on it. I can't remember. But so you're basically what you're doing is you're <clears throat> taking away from your Social Security later in life, which isn't going to be a big deal for all of us. Let's be honest. We'll be lucky if it's still there. And you can dictate where that money goes after you get it if you want to invest it in something else because you've obviously paid lower taxes on it. I am looking it up here, so... Um, oh, is that what you're doing? Yep. <laughs> I just thought he was just, you know, looking on his phone. I'm not going to find the answer very... No, you're not. ...very quickly. Um, you just the, keep looking. So when, um, when you're in relationships like with your accountant or uh, with a wholesaler or, you know, with someone that you know, does all your construction clothing, like say you're somewhere, when they start dictating to you, you know, I just said this, you know, that sends up a red flag. It's the same thing as an employer, regular employee relationship. When your guys are saying, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do this instead. That throws up flags. It's the same exact thing. Don't, I think people get intimidated by, oh, that's my accountant. I can't, I can't say that. Oh, that's my banker. I can't, I can't get in their face and ask them tough questions. Yes, you can. You're paying them. They work for you. Don't let them act like they're above anyone else in your company. They are working for you, providing you a service. Right. And they owe it to you to do their best. And if they're not doing their best, it's time to start looking. And will you find somebody better? No. Will it, if you do, will it take you eight months? Maybe. Right. You know, you just you owe it to yourself and your company and the guys that work for you or gals that work for you to do your best to keep the company moving forward at the steepest rate you can keep moving it forward. Right. So the the one challenge with your accountant, though, um, some of it may be relationship challenges. Uh, maybe you've known the guy for a while, you're afraid to hurt his feelings or whatever the case may be. The other is the accountant, uh, especially if they're a CPA and they're filing your taxes, their name goes on that. And so there, there's... So what? There, they can always, if, there's some they margin can of risk. They I don't want to do it and you can move on anyway. Exactly, exactly. But, but what I'm saying is that's where some people will... Um, will tend to want to believe an ultra-conservative accountant is because that ultra-conservative accountant might be saying things like, well, I have to file this in my name, and based off of my interpretation of the tax law, this is illegal, and I'm not willing to do that. Okay, well, give me my money back, and I'm going to take all my files. I'm going to move on down the road, Exactly, exactly. So um, Mm. don't, don't necessarily allow that to scare you off because you can find another licensed CPA and, and all of that kind of stuff that that would say, oh, yeah, based off of what you're wanting to do, this is totally doable. And in fact, we can add on a couple of more things and save you even more money. And this this talks of, talks to the fear that we uh, have gone over in the when we talk about first starting your business. People are afraid to fire an accountant. Yeah. People are because they don't know. OK, right. I didn't know. Mitch didn't know. 
you know, you try to put that research and figure it all out and you don't, you know, you put these people on a pedestal and you just don't know if your gut's wrong, find somebody else. Now, listen, you may go to two other accountants and they may say, no, that guy's right. Right. You know what? Sometimes you got to swallow your, we talk about this on the show all the time. Sometimes you got to swallow your pride and be like, hey man, I was wrong. Or even if you switch, you know what? That guy was right. Yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm going to switch to you anyway because I've done pissed this guy off. Right. You know, that's just one of those things you have to swallow and move on. Yeah. Well, and and then also, too, you don't fire your accountant until you have another one lined up, right? It's, right. It's just like you don't quit a job until you have another one lined up. Mm. <laughs> depending. <laughs> depending, right? But yes, so, that's, so one, that's true. You one, shouldn't do that. One thing with the Augusta rule is um, – is, and, and this is, again, being hyper-transparent here. Uh, technically, at this moment, we don't qualify for the Augusta rule because we operate the business out of our home. And if you operate the business out of your home, you don't qualify. Yeah, it's it's that simple, right? So uh, a conservative accountant would just say, you don't qualify because you operate the business out of your home. An aggressive accountant would say, do you own any real estate anywhere else that the business uses? And maybe it's just a matter of changing the address of where you operate out of from your home to... Maybe that shop that you rent that you're at every day and that you really operate the business out of. Like you can still get mail at your home. You can can work from home. But if you're operating the business out of that shop that you rent, then that's actually the location of the business. And so we file it under that and we're perfectly legal. And so that is the differences between a hyper-conservative accountant and a good aggressive accountant is one is just going to say – no, because you sit in a desk in your home and answer phones in your home, you operate out of your home and it's a no. And the other is going to say, you know, people work from home day in and day out here. You know, take Cerner, for example. Cerner's a big nationwide company, oh, yeah. right? How many of their employees work from home? What's Cerner's address? Is it all of those employees' homes? No. No. So your address doesn't necessarily follow where you answer phones and where you sit at the computer. Your address follows where the business, where the work gets done out of, and that would be our shop that we rent. So I've got one accountant telling me, no, we just need to you know, funnel it all through there. And I got another accountant that's, that's taking the conservative approach. So um, it's, it's things like that. And, and granted, a lot of these things weren't issues early on. And, and you know, again, I don't, it's not like I dislike my old accountant. Um, it's not like I dislike him at all. At the time I had him, and we were a one-man shop, we didn't have payroll, we didn't have employees that we were throwing parties for, we didn't have um, benefits and health insurance that we were providing, and all of this stuff. We were in a completely different position, and at that time, I feel like he was doing everything in his power to lessen our tax burden. But as we grow, we've put ourselves in a different position, we're in a different place now than we were back then, and... Uh, he's not wanting to grow at the same pace we are. And so it's just a natural separation of those businesses. Yeah. And, and there's no hard feelings. You know, there's no, there's nothing like that at all. It's just for me to achieve the goals that I want to achieve in our business, then I'm going to have to go a different route because at, I mean, we're doing enough revenue that five, six, seven, 10% turns into a large, large number. Um, I, I've, I've, as two accountants that I'm spoken, spoken with so far, they've looked into our books, they've looked at where we can save and everything else. Um, both accountants have talked about saving 
anywhere between seventy and ninety thousand dollars in tax alone. That's not ninety thousand dollars in taxable income. That's ninety thousand dollars in taxes that we're currently paying right now, and that they are saying they can save us. Yeah, and let's get back to we talked about this before the show, and I'm gonna berate Mitch just a little bit because we're friends and I can. Yeah. You know, we talked about I, I don't remember what episode it was but when mitch was switching from his first accountant to his second Mm -hmm. he was like oh man this new guy he is just he is the best he is going to be the best accountant and i mean i'm blowing it a little out of proportion the best accountant that has ever walked the face of the earth i think my exact words were financial cheerleader yeah 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 the best financial cheerleader that i could have and this is it and blah 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 and i you know it it's hard you know, I, I feel like people that are successful and that do really well, when they have an idea in their head, you cannot sway them. They just keep rolling forward. Yeah. You can't tell them no. They yeah. have they are determined and they are set and that is what what makes them successful. Yeah. I, I believe this to be true. Yeah. Okay, I'm not I'm not saying this out of turn. I believe that that is what makes great people great. Right. Okay. They take they don't take no for an answer. They just keep on trucking. Yep. Even with that being said, we talk about it all the time on the show. You need to be able to be humble and step back and say, okay, I am set in my way. This is what I want to do. But is it gonna be the best? Mm-hmm. Is this guy gonna be the best? If Mitch had done that. Who knows what happens? You, you know, you can't you can't predict what would happen. You can't say, okay, I would have kept moving and found an accountant, and he would have saved me, or she would have saved me seventy thousand dollars last year and ninety thousand dollars a year before. Could they have? Yeah, maybe. Did could they have not? Maybe. No. This, so that's luckily in this case, the the financial guys that I've talked to have all assured me that. Most of these problems have developed as we've grown from where we were, as we've added employees, as we've added benefits, and as we've added things like that. And so, um, like, for instance, the Augusta rule and being able to use the shop that we have as our business address, that was that was a non-issue before we had that shop. And so before we had the shop, we didn't we wouldn't have qualified for the Augusta rule. So it's no big, you know, it's it's a non-issue. So um I think what you're getting at is that you're. I'm saying that I'm not saying that that's what would have happened. I bring that up to make my point that you need to do your due diligence all the time. Yes. And you need to second guess and triple check everything all the time, even yourself. Yes. And it is a very difficult thing to do. I think a lot of it has to do with uh, people's age. You know, as we get older, it's easier to look at ourselves because we know that we can look back at our past and say, oh, man, man, I fucked up this. I fucked up that. Yeah. You know, so as you get older, it's easier to do as a young guy, you know, as a 30 year old guy, it's harder to do that. No, man, I'm full of piss and vinegar. I am rolling on here. But if you can do that and you can be patient and be humble and ask for advice and second guess yourself a little bit, not necessarily with the decisions you make, but say, okay, I found this guy. I'm sold on this guy. I'm going to go with this guy. Check one more guy 
or or look into one more thing and say 50% of the time it benefits you and the other 50% of the time it was a waste of time. It validates. Who, who cares? Yeah, yeah, it validated that, oh, yeah, I should have stayed with them. Yeah. It's a very hard thing to do to look yourself in the mirror and say, dude, Dave, you are not nearly as smart as you think you are. Yeah. Maybe you should make one more check. Right. Because that one more check could benefit you in the long run, I mean, greatly, or like you just said, it can validate the decisions that you're making now. And let's be honest, self-confidence is a huge thing for some people to overcome. Yeah. And if you can self-validate and be confident, that just helps your business move forward. Right, right. And the the ability to – so I, I don't look at the past much. I don't – to me, the past is history. It's it's It does not help you go forward unless you're extracting a lesson from the past. Well, that's the whole part of the past that benefits your future is you learn. Right. You know, we've talked about it on the show all the time. I, I think you even, even said it. You learn more from a mistake than you do making the right decision. Right. So right. if you've made a mistake, you know, and like – I think what you mean is you don't dwell on the past, but it's but you should look back on the past for, you know, the knowledge you've made through mistakes or things you've learned. Yeah. So like some people would look at this and think they've lost time or lost ground because it's taken them this long to make a decision. And that's not the case at all. No, it's it's taken you this long to gain the knowledge to make the decision where you're at. And now that you have that knowledge, you owe it to yourself to, to use it properly and move forward. Never, right. never, right. never right. feel right. bad for taking longer to learn something. Right. Um, I didn't know any, excuse me. I didn't know any of this stuff, you know, six, eight months ago that I know now, but as, as we are growing and developing in business, I am growing and developing in my knowledge of things that I need to be looking out for. And I know next month there's going to be something else new that I need to be looking out for that. I was, it wasn't even a blip on my radar this month. And so having the ability to audit all things within your business and audit. It's not really auditing yourself. It's basically just establishing a vision of where do you want the company to go and then just doing what it takes for it to go there. But then auditing and making sure that that is indeed where you still want it to go, right? And not letting difficulty sway that decision. You, you'll have people that say, oh, I want a million-dollar company. And then once they realize what it takes to get a million-dollar company and it's hard, now all of a sudden they let the the hard yeah. Say, well, well, maybe I want a $500,000 company. Yeah. You know, yeah. and and it's like, mm-hmm. don't let that sway you. If you wanted a million dollar company and want a million dollar company, you just got to bite the bullet and do it. So um, the. Um, and if it takes you longer, if you thought it was going to be a year and it takes you two years, it's not a failure. No. It was just a misevaluation of time. Yeah. Yeah. I've got I've got two newer online mentors right now. One of them I've met in person. Actually, I've met both of them in person. Um, but one of them, one of them grew his company. Um, he started his company the same month I started mine. He currently has 67 employees. What does he do? Heating and cooling in Boston, heating, cooling, plumbing, and electrical in Boston. He went, it's a, it, that market's 15 times the size. So it's a little different. Right. It's like apples so and it, eggs. At the date we're filming this, he's been into business for now. 25 months and he went from starting the business to 67 employees in 25 months right 
And here we are starting our business and we're at six employees in 25 months. One, one way I could look at that is uh, I could look at that and think, well, I've failed because I'm not that. Or I could look at that and say, that's awesome. I need to associate with that guy more often and learn from him so I can get up to speed. If that's what I want for my business. Well, that's apples and eggs. That guy's in a market that's literally 15 times bigger than our market. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. You don't know the ins and outs of his of what's actually happening. I don't know the how guy, he started. Maybe he started with a million bucks. I don't know. The guy could also be 15 mil in debt. You, yeah. You know, you just don't know those things. And I'm not yep. saying he's not or he is. Yeah. But, you know, we've, we've talked about that specific situation on the show. Don't compare yourself to others. Don't. I mean, I, I shouldn't say don't compare yourself, but don't doubt yourself because of the greatness of others or go. the perceived greatness of others, because that's like trying to keep up with the Joneses. It's right. the same exact thing. You don't know that that Mercedes is on a 15-year note right? and that they're paying $800 a month for 15 years. Okay, yeah. so don't don't doubt yourself because of what other people are doing. Right. Stay within yourself and and try to maintain the goals that you had in the beginning and yep. try to reach for those goals. Don't let other outside influences try to distract you right. from where you're moving. If you're comparing yourself to somebody else, the only emotion you should be feeling after that is further excitement and further fire and f- further drive to achieve more. If, if, if you're feeling negative emotions after comparing yourself to somebody else, that's a problem and you need to fix that. Right. Um, so whenever I see a, a, and what I mean by that, some guys, some people will compare themselves to somebody else and because they can't recognize how they got there, they instantly assume that they got there through unethical ways or they compare themselves to somebody else and instantly think less of themselves for that reason. Right. Yeah. And, and those are the two things. Those are the big red flags that you need to stop comparing yourself. If that's happening, I don't tend to do that. I'll compare myself to somebody else. And I try to compare myself to people that are much more successful than I am, or they grew at a faster rate or they're larger or whatever. And I'm looking at it for like, okay, yeah, they're bigger done. Like that thought's over with now let's look at what they're doing and how did they get there? What can I learn to glean from that? Because there will always be somebody growing faster than you. There will always be a a company that's more profitable than you. There will always be a company that's bigger than you. That's just, those are just knowns, right? There's a place for everyone, especially in this country. Okay, so like I see this all the time. I'll see someone on Facebook and, you know, they'll throw something on there like, oh, I got a new motorcycle today. And then they'll put all their cars in the driveway. There'll be a motorcycle and a lifted truck. The flex. And a cool car and this. And then you look at their house, and it's a nothing against anyone. It's a three-bedroom raised ranch. And then I drive by a house in the country that's worth a million dollars, and there's a guy driving a 1992 F-150 out there. He chose to spend his money on something else. Differently, yeah. Okay? They just, we we just had a show about this, I don't know, three or four, about perspective and, you know, where people are truly at and where, you know, you want to be versus them. It's not about I need to be where they're at. Right. It's what do I 
need to do to get where I want to be. Right. Right. It's a hundred. It, it, it's you. It's just yeah. It's it's all about you, your perspective, and what you want your company to be, right. or what you want to be as an employee, or where you want to be when you retire. Yeah. Like Janine and I, all our money goes to two things: house and retirement. We don't give a shit about anything else. That's it. When I when we're fifty five, we want to be well off right so that we don't have to work and that we're not walking out to the mailbox every day looking for the social security check right okay that's more important to me than someone that um has a scarab down at lake of the ozarks and loves doing that because they're like dude screw tomorrow i don't know if it's gonna be there or not right dude more power to you yeah okay and neither one of you are wrong no neither one of us are wrong right it's just where are your priorities? What do you want to see happen? How yeah. do you want to get there? Yep. I mean, I know people that literally live in tiny homes. I shouldn't say tiny homes. Tiny homes compared to the American average. Right. And they donate all their money to either charity or homeless shelters. Right. Or try to be a bigger part of their community. Yep. That's what makes them happy. Yeah. That's success for them. Yep. I mean... It's just yeah. what it is. Yeah. So, yeah. A little off topic there, but you know. A little bit, but but that's all right. Like, try to, if you're comparing yourself to others and you're comparing your what your business, what business you're building to what other businesses are doing, try to do it in a way that only motivates you. Um, and, and remember that what they do with their business is completely up to them and what you do with yours is completely up to you. Um, and, um, and that's going to allow you to succeed with that a little bit more. Um, there's, there's another subject or a change that we've made in ours that involving business relationships and, and potential, um, Dave's getting paid next week. Yeah, right. (laughs) I'll pay you, I'll pay you double what we paid you last week. How about that? Um, we, we made a change with our, uh, search engine optimization company and, um, and again, this is one of those deals where I had absolutely zero problems whatsoever with our older, our, our previous search engine optimization company. Um, I still really like the guy, and if anything, that makes that conversation even more difficult. But I found a different company that is they, they've got a much more aggressive niche in exactly what we do. And they know the ins and outs of how our business operates a lot better. And so they are able to, for, for more money, um, I'm not saying, if anything, and this is costing me a lot more, but the results are going to be a lot better. They're able to, to follow the, the clicks on our website all the way through to how much profit we made from that click, from the one individual click. So um, it's it's a lot more in tune, in depth look at how uh, how a customer goes from finding you on the internet to clicking on your page to contacting you to what services they bought and how profitable those services were. And once you understand all of that data, then you can go back and change your website to try to encourage more people click on here or less people click over here or whatever the case may be. And so. Um, you know, a, another difficult relationship separation. It's not even really a relationship separation. It's just a business move to move from our older search engine optimization company to the new one. 
Um, and again, it has to do with more of the growth and development of the company. I don't regret for a minute using our other company. They were great for where we were. But now that where we are and where we want to go, I needed to make a change to a company that's going to help us get there. So um, you're going to, as, as you go through business, you're going to develop relationships with people and you're going to watch those relationships change. As your business grows and develops, you're going to outgrow some people. You're going to grow into other people. Um, you know, at the date, the first month that we paid for search engine optimization, I could not afford this company that we're doing now. Um, there's no way I could have afforded them. So, um, you know, it's just one of those things where you start growing into things as you, as you mature and grow through business. So don't get too distracted with thinking that because you've been with this guy since the beginning, you have to stay with them. It's your business. You run the show. You get to make those decisions based off of where you want the business to go. So, and the same goes for employees. You see a lot of businesses hang on to an employee for a really long time. And that employee may have cycled out. Maybe they got soured. Maybe they're their attitude went south or maybe they, they went through some things that have now changed their perspective on how they treat your customers or how they, they treat other people in the business or how they approach business. And an employee that was once wonderful for you might not be wonderful any longer. And it's a various host of things, right? It could be, could be the business changed direction and they moved away from that employee could be the employee changed direction and they moved away from the business. And either which, like, it's perfectly okay to watch those relationships come and go as long as you're guiding the, the relationship based off of where is the business now, where did it come from, and where do we want it to go. And, and as long as you keep holding those relationships accountable towards where the business is going, I don't really think you can make a mistake no. doing that. So No, that's that's – I hate to say rule of thumb, but that's the rule of thumb for business. Yeah. Is you have to be able to set your personal feelings aside. Right. And you have to act like the business is your child. Yeah. And you're trying to move that business in the best way that you can see fit. Yeah. I mean, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to have mishires and misfires, and you, but you have to always be trying to move it in the general direction of this is better for everyone involved, yeah. whether it's me personally or not, yeah. sometimes. Well, and the reference to a child is a really good one because as soon as you said that, I'm thinking about both my boys and how I have guided them into recognizing that friends that they've had for a while, now all of us, like I've got one son who he had a friend for a while and all of a sudden he started getting in trouble. And I was able to associate that every time you get in trouble, this other friend's around. Yeah, time, and, to, time to cut ties, bro. Yeah, and, and not to say that friend was causing the trouble, but something about that friend's personality and your personality, you're more apt to get in trouble when you're around that friend. Yeah. And so you got to you know work your child through that and get yeah. them to sever ties, right? Yeah, bad influence, influences when they're together. Yeah. I can think of two individuals in my three where those th I can't hang out with those three people because yeah. just bad things happen bad shit happens, when right? I'm with them. And and sometimes I'm, I'm successful and able to get my kids to understand it. There was one time where the influence was bad enough. I didn't give my child an option to understand it. I just told him flat out, you're not hanging out with that child anymore. Um, and in, you know, after the fact, 
he was able to like come to the realization of okay i see it now type of thing um but but for the most part it's it's very much like a child where it's your job to raise that child under the direction you want to raise them and so it's your job to watch the relationships and relationships will come and go but if a relationship is affecting the course of that child's development you need to carve that relationship yeah. out yeah, so dig a gravesite yeah dig yeah. a gravesite <laughs> you just, sometimes you got to bury evidence man i don't know what to tell you uh, my kids aren't that old yet so no, they're not <laughs> oh, they're ra- not wrap it up mitch yeah so it's a good show as you as you go through business just constantly routinely audit your business relationships that you have with your vendors and constantly challenge yourself to uphold those vendors to the keystone piece of, are they helping you get where you want to go? And and just because they were last month or last year doesn't mean they will next month or next year. And that's perfectly okay. So, um, until next time, guys, we will see you later. If you saw it, if you found value in this show, Uh, Do us a favor and share this show with anybody else who might want to hear it. Um, If this show struck a chord with you and you know of somebody who would benefit from this show, send them a link to this exact show. If you have somebody who's struggling with a business relationship and they need to cut ties with that, send them a link to this show. We would really appreciate that. So um, until next time, guys, we will see you later and uh, have a great week. Love you guys. Peace. Peace.